0: Welcome back to Trick Lax Picks, the show where we analyze every game from every conference so you can make the best picks. As always, we're your hosts, the Three Garrets. Lacrosse is back, baby. We're back, and the world seems right again with Saturdays taken up with as many screen streaming as many games as possible. And this weekend was a really good one to start. I love the games that we had this weekend. It was fantastic. Like, I was
1: honestly shocked at how satisfied i felt after that hopkins jacksonville game on saturday night being like mm. damn this felt like a full day of college lacrosse and only like a quarter to a half of the teams played even though we were duped that army didn't play <laughs> st joe's and i think literally the entire lacrosse community was it was still a great day
0: of lacrosse yeah that the i mean just the starting off at what was it? Ten thirty Eastern time. Eleven thirty was the Bucknell game. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, to have the midday with the Q's Vermont game, that was a slugfest and a half. That was a great game to watch. And then just
2: capping it off. Yeah, I, I think uh, this weekend there there just wasn't really a slow game all day Saturday. It just felt like every game was either pretty close. Or just exciting to watch. Um, I really enjoyed that Ohio State Air Force game. Uh, Glazer and I were talking earlier, and I told them, you know, it, it looked like Ohio State dominated, but still, Air Force looked a lot better than uh, I think many of us anticipated they would. So, yeah, just yeah. a lot of great lacrosse this weekend. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm 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 really excited for this for this upcoming weekend because there are a lot of great matchups like Loyola Maryland and, uh, Duke high point tomorrow night. So yeah, let's get this going.
1: All right. Well, let's dive right in with our top 20. As a reminder, this is our personal hat trick pack, uh, top 20. It's not coaches, whatever. Um, and we'll start with our receiving votes category. There's only two teams in it this week, but we feel like we should mention them. And that is the Qs and the Blue Jays after their, uh, win over ranked Jacksonville.
2: And starting from 20, going to 16, uh, Villanova still holds that 20 spot. Notre Dame is staying at 19.
1: Notre Dame (laughs) Army is at
2: 19. We're thinking of a different
1: goal team.
2: I'm looking at the wrong (laughs) sheets. I'm looking at the wrong document. Sorry. Nova is at 20. Uh, Army is at 19. UNC is at 18. Denver breaks into our top 20 at number uh, 17, and then we got the Boston University at 16.
0: Moving up, we've got Delaware at 15, St. Joe's at 14, Harvard at 13, Brown at 12, and Ohio State at 11.
1: Duke cracks our top 10 at 10. Then we got the Scarlet Knights of Piscataway at 9, and then we got our three Ivies from Yale, Penn, and then Princeton at six.
0: And our top five remains the exact same as it was preseason. We've got the Notre Dame Fighting Irish at five, Virginia at, oh, Cornell at four, Virginia at three, Georgetown at two, Maryland at the number one
2: spot. And before we start getting into picks, I'm going to highlight a couple of guys who... You know, we're worthy of dog of the week. So first thing, uh, goalies were awesome this weekend. Will Mark, McNaney, Henry Vott of Merrimack made some amazing plays for their teams and their performance were all very dog worthy. Maycar uh for Maryland had an amazing day for the Turps. Four calls turnovers, five ground balls. Um out. Yeah, he him and the rest of the defense uh had a great day. Zappatello had three cause turnovers and two GBs as well. Very uh, dominating performance by the Terps. Uh, But for this week, I took two dogs. So first guy I'll highlight is the Navy player, Jack Dennehy, uh, who scored his first career goal uh, as a senior for the Navy team. Uh, This guy's been through a lot of adversity, uh, had a hip surgery his freshman year. Uh, lost his mom in 2018, lost his dad in 2021. Um, so it was a very emotional day for Jack and the Navy team. When he scored that first goal, the entire bench erupted. It was a great experience, great uh, great sight to see, uh, and very happy for Jack and the rest of the Navy team.
1: Boy, that was in the Queens game, right?
2: Yeah, that was the Queens game. It was in the fourth quarter, around 7 minutes, 51 seconds, I think. Gotcha. Um, and I was reading about this guy probably half an hour, 45 minutes ago. Um, he seems to be a, a very good glue guy for the Navy midshipman. Uh, when he was injured for the first couple of years, he was the team DJ during practices, weight weightlifting, stuff like that. Um, all, good stu- all good stuff, all good stuff. And the GoFundMe that uh, was started for his uh, his, uh him and his younger sisters, uh, raised $82,000. Um, so congrats to him. Uh, glad he got his first goal. Um, and, you know, uh, being a dog is just, you know, battling through that type of adversity and, you know, being being a guy who shows up every day to, um, despite the hardships. So, uh, you know, Jack showed a lot of adversity and just sounds like a great guy, man. And next up, I picked. I went with uh, Jack Myers from Ohio State. Um, just, uh, yeah, I think he. Many in the lacrosse community brushed him under the rug in the preseason when it came to Towerton candidates, All-American preseason guys, and I'll put my hand up. I didn't think he he was even going to make it. A big impact this weekend as much as he did. But got four goals, five assists, two ground balls, and a cause turnover. And he probably had one of the biggest juice plays I've seen on a lacrosse field where he just leveled a kid on Air Force when they were trying to clear the ball. The bench erupted. uh, And the rest of the game, I don't think uh, Army led by less than three goals after that. So big play from him here. Uh, He's a dog of the week as well. I love a good
1: physical ride. I was never able to do it, but I love a good physical ride.
2: It It brings a lot of energy. (laughs) It brings a lot of energy, man. A lot of energy. And, you know, while everyone was, you know, drooling uh, over Maryland's defense, glued to the Cuse-Vermont game, or, you know, overreacting to the Hopkins-Jacksonville game, Myers was snapping necks, cashing checks all over that new $24 million field on Saturday. Made some beautiful plays on offense. Big factor in the ride, as we said, and, you know, just made Air Force's day that much worse. Um, I just want to say, give this man the recognition he deserves, because if you don't, he's going to run over you like a bulldozer.
1: First dog of the week of the actual season, Jack Myers. We're going to get you your dog trophy sometime when we have the budget for it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) We're we're thinking we're thinking dog tags. Oh, I like that. we're thinking dog tags. I'll say that much.
1: All right. Well, uh, just before we get into picks, a quick reminder on how we all did last week. If you listened, you'll know that we didn't differ too much. But you will remember that Dryband, unfortunately, has a one game lead, and that's because he was not bold enough to take Utah. Like myself and Voight. So Dry Bane went 14 and 1. It wasn't bold. It
0: was smart. All right. All right. All right. All right. You went
1: 14 and (laughs) 1. You mean I
0: was the smartest one. So I am winning right now. (laughs) Not bold. I was the smartest one. Thank you.
1: I went 13 and 2. And Voight, you got burned by Mercer, but I love the audacity for it. You're 12 and 3.
2: Hey, I had to give it to him, man. (laughs) Like, I I, I said, I had to back up what I I said last episode, man. Um, But, you know, as we saw Mercer just didn't come out that hot and you know, that Ashton wood injury kind of uh, sucked for them. So, but we'll get into the rest of that later.
1: All right, let's get these games going. drive in. You're up.
0: Yeah. All right. So first game of the week we've got on Tuesday and we've got high point visiting number 10 Duke blue devils. I Duke looked incredibly dominant against Bellarmine this weekend. Standout player for them is their transfer goalie, Wilhelm from LIU. Or no, from uh, St. Lawrence, sorry. Um, And I, or no, he, he was at LIU, right? Last year, Wilhelm? I think so. Yeah, yes. He came from St. Lawrence to LIU and then went up to, yeah, okay. That's correct. That's where he came from. That was his pipeline. Either way, he looked great in cage. And their offense was clicking outside of O'Neal too, which is the thing I was that was the only question mark I had for them. So I I love them against high point. It's high point's first game too. I, I like Duke a lot. And as a side note too, my fun fact for this first weekend, home field advantage. I know I said it last week. Home teams in the 15 games from week zero won 14 of 15 games, a 93.33% win percentage. So we're going with the home team again on this one.
1: All right. Well, I did a little researching the history books, and it has been almost, if you can imagine, a half decade since High Point last beat Duke. It was a 13-9 win in early February of 2019. All right. I think we all remember that and the shock shockwaves at that sent. The following two years, Duke won this game by a combined margin of 44-6. to They were not <laughs> messing around. Holy and in the six crap. times that they, yeah, the six times that they've played since 2018, interestingly enough, none of us have ever taken the Panthers. We've always taken Duke, even after High Point won that year. And even though High Point's been exciting in those six years, and Asher Nolting certainly gave them a lot of juice, I was really impressed by Duke, and I'm going to make it seven straight and take him again.
2: Yeah, I'm just going to echo you guys. Uh, I got Duke in this one as well. Um, DraftKings came out with a spread of this game favoring Duke at six and a half goals. Uh, I do like Duke to cover the spread because they are playing at home, but I would say if, you know, this was flipped and they were playing at high point, I think high point covers. But being this game, that being as it is that this game is in Durham, I like Duke.
1: All right. Next up, we have a game that is actually gaining some traction after watching both these teams on Sunday. We have... Uh, Holy Cross traveling to Merrimack. And interestingly enough, again, in the history books on this one, the combined last two meetings with these two teams, Merrimack has a combined one-goal edge, meaning uh, Merrimack won by two one year, and Holy Cross one by one. And last year, Merrimack avenged their 2020 loss by winning 11-9. And when I was thinking about this pick yesterday on Sunday, I was like, I don't know who to go with. But I was really, really impressed with Merrimack. Um, I was impressed by Holy Cross and their fight and their resilience to not uh, let that Providence game get away. But man, that Merrimack D and goal to keeping was, was on our next level. And I think they get it done against the Crusaders.
2: Yeah, I was pleasantly surprised by both teams on Sunday. Um, I like Merrimack in this one. They just, watching that Hopster game, They were they were clearly the more athletic team, the better conditioned team. They ran Hofstra into the ground uh, late in that game, especially when Hofstra started to make a run. They just seemed like they had the the healthier feet. Uh, but I think Holy Cross fights in this one. Uh, but I'm going to take, take the Warriors in this game on Wednesday.
0: Yeah, don't have too much to add. I like Merrimack a lot. Join in that bandwagon. Warriors bandwagon, baby.
2: Next up, we got... BMI going over to New York to visit Queens for their first home game at the division one level uh, I'll keep this short and sweet I like BMI in this one I was pleasantly surprised with Queen's defense early in earlier early in the game against Navy um, I think this is a uh, closer to a even keeled matchup uh, I I think Queens makes this a, makes us a fight early in the game but I like BMI to take it
0: yeah, I, I'm also taking the visiting side. The key debts in this one, they looked great against Detroit Mercy. Um, Queens, on the other hand, did not look great against Navy. Got to respect them first D1 game, but still going to take the visiting team in this game. Key debts, boys. 2-0. Oh, let's go VMI of Lexington on to the next one. All right, for our next game, we've got the Mercer Bears visiting our number 18 team this week, the North Carolina Tar Heels. Don't have too much to say about this one. Mercer struggled a whole hell of a lot against Bucknell in what we thought might be a close game. It was not a close game. They're on the road again this week. And like I said, I harp on the home teams, given that against a team that has a lot of skilled players on it. And, like Voight mentioned, they lost their stud Fogo Ashton Wood to an injury, and I don't know if he's going to be back for this game. Uh, Hands down, taking UNC in this game. I don't love UNC. They're not ranked in my poll, but
1: I love them in this game, and I was not impressed by the Bears at all. So, Tar Heels.
2: Yeah, that Ashton Wood injury just kind of set the tone for the rest of the game. Mercer didn't look too uh, motivated at the end, but... Uh, they're going up against a new look Tar Heels team, uh, so I'm excited to see what the Tar Heels look like and you know see how they'll fare later in the season.
1: All right, next up, the Friday night nightcap, we have the classic matchup of the Albany Great Danes going back to the dome to visit Syracuse off that very close seven to five win against Vermont. If you guys remember, I'm sure you do, last year was actually the first time in all the times that these teams have played that Albany hosted Syracuse and they won 14 to 12. That was even though Syracuse was having a really bad year. I think that still sent shockwaves throughout the lacrosse world.
0: Albany I, was you know, having a really bad year too.
1: <laughs> exactly, right? It, it was yeah. it was absurd. All of us took Syracuse and probably rightly so, and despite despite their awful season, like that's a game that they probably should have won which makes picking this game so much harder because I was not impressed by Syracuse whatsoever against Vermont. However, I, I don't know who Albany is. I, I just don't think they're there enough. And I think Syracuse probably plays like they did against Vermont just well enough to win. It's not going to be impressive. It's not going to be pretty, but I think they win.
2: Yeah, I got, I got Cuse in this one as well. Um, Cuse is three and two in the last five meetings. Uh, against Albany, but I think now that Gate isn't wearing any suits on the sidelines anymore, I think they have a better chance of uh, spreading out that game.
0: Yeah, I, I like Hughes a lot. Might be close. I have no idea how Albany is going to look, but Hughes' defense impressed me a lot in that game against Vermont. Petromar has got those guys clicking. All right, so for our next matchup, we have... Detroit Mercy visiting High Point this time. High Point's first home game this season. They're looking to bounce back after what I'm assuming is going to be a midweek loss against Duke. Uh, and honestly, regardless of how that game goes, I I think High Point's going to take this game. Detroit Mercy, like we said, did not impress against for uh, VMI earlier this week past weekend. Yeah. Uh, I think High Point's going to take this
1: game. Yeah, this will be a get-right game for the Panthers. Unfortunately, the Titans are going to be on the receiving end of that rage, and I think High Point gets it no problem.
2: Yeah, I got the Panthers in this one, man. Not much else to say after that.
1: All right, well, next up we have a pretty intriguing game, maybe maybe the Game of the Weekend. And that is the 19th ranked Army Black Knights on the road for their first game of the season. Right. This is their first week game of the season, not last week. And they were going over to Massachusetts to play the Minutemen, a.k.a. the Gorillas. All right. Last year, West Point snuck by the Minutemen 14 to 13, and they last lost to UMass in 2014. So it's been a while, and they've won uh, many years in a row, but it's been close. We don't really know what to think about Army. Obviously, we haven't ranked, but last year was weird for them. They had big wins against great teams, and then they had not very good wins against some kind of crappy teams, and then two just unnecessary losses. UMass, on on the other hand, they beat Brown, and they beat Delaware, and then they were part of that cluster that was just the three and twos of the CAA, and then they Mm -hmm. lost in the semis. So this game feels incredibly hard to pick with so many unknowns, and couple that with that, it's in Amherst and not in West Point. All that aside, I think it's a pick em, but my pick is with the Army Black Knights. I think they're just built a little bit better, and I just, I don't know, I don't like picking UMass. I feel like
0: they often often disappoint me. Well, I'm going against the grain with this with my pick for this game wow. this week. Wow. I... I am harping on my home team advantage at early seasons, and I like the UMass Minutemen in this game. UMass is bringing back a, a good amount of guys to their team that I think will help them win this one. And like Laser said, it was a really, really close game last year. And guess who Army doesn't have this year to help carry them? Nick Turn. Nick Turn had eight points that game. Five goals, three assists. And they lost a couple other seniors on top of that. So Army, I, this also, I have some bias. I, I Army has not proved themselves to me at all this year. I don't know if they're going to be the same caliber of team they have been the past few years. Really interested to see how this game plays for both teams. I like UMass a lot. They bolstered their defense big time. They got transfer Chris Campbell from LIU this year. He was all NAC first team last year. So I'm... Um, I'm liking UMass to pull the upset at home.
2: All right, I guess I'll be the one to break the tie here, and I'm going to take the Black Knights.
0: Yes,
1: sir, drive in. Uh, Sit down.
2: And I'll also have it noted that I am the only one who has the Knights ranked at all in their rankings. Very true. Um, Put some respect on the Black Knights' name. They're a much better team than I think many people think they are. I'm taking them to... Win a win very handedly is what I, is the word I'm looking for. Wow! They win very handedly. Wait, how, many, how, how many statement. goals? How many goals, boy? Five, six? Uh, what's the, let me take a look at the spread. Um, Don't you dare um, say over
0: five goal differential in this game. That is absurd. I, I
2: like I like Army at three and a half. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. Draft DraftKings King, Draft has them at one and a half. Um, but I like Army at three and a half.
0: I like it. Moving on to our next matchup this weekend, we've got the Canisius Golden Griffins visiting the Hobart Statesman, both teams' first game of the season. I – not too much to say about this game. Uh, I think Hobart's going to come out, try to make a statement win against Canatius. Since they're in this new conference, they're going to have the toughest conference schedule they've had in recent memory. So and maybe I think they want to – yeah, I mean, honestly, maybe ever. Uh, reaching back to their D3 days, probably, in all actuality. Um, I think they're going to try to get a statement win just to start on the right foot and get some momentum going in their season. So I like the statesman in this game.
2: Yeah, Hobart's 8-0 and o, uh, against Canisius since 2014. Every one of those wins has been double-digit except for the one in 2015, which I believe was by, like, 8 or 7. <laughs> But, almost yeah. almost double digits. Still not great, but yes, uh, I, th- I think Hobart is a better team here. I'm going with the Statesman.
1: Same here. Nothing more. Roll Statesman.
2: All right, next up we have Ohio State taking on Cleveland State, a little uh, neighbor to the northeast of Ohio. Uh, not much to say here. Ohio State had a very solid win against Air Force this weekend. I think they handle Cleveland State. Um they're 4-0 against them, and they average a six goal, six and a half goal differential.
1: Cleveland State is like my darling of D1. I don't know what it is. I just love them. I, I don't get me wrong. Like I don't do you think want to pick have, them this week then? No, 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 no. <laughs> <I> do, <laughs> do you love them that the, much? I do not think the Vikings win, but I I do love the program. I think they're cool, and I think they always probably play a little better than the media thinks. But no, I'm going with 11th-ranked 11th Buckeyes.
2: I think Laser is trying to say he loves to love Cleveland State. Yes, you know but not you, to pick this. Yep, that's fair. Exactly. Because
0: OSU is going to wax them this weekend. I've got the Buckeyes,
2: too. All right. Next up, we have our number 15 Delaware Blue Hens going over to Lafayette to visit the Leopards. Uh... First meeting between both these teams since 2014. Delaware took that game nine to six. Yeah, I like Delaware in this one. They got they got some studs, especially Owen Grant down their defense. Um, I like them to take down uh, the Leopards this week. But leopard, but Lafayette did look had some they had some sparks here and there against Penn State. But I I'm going to take Delaware here.
0: Yeah, I I like. Delaware. I'm going away from my home team advantage. Love in this game. I like the Blue Hens in this game. Lafayette did not impress me as much in that Penn State. I honestly thought they had a chance to upset them in that game, and they did not come close. So I like the Blue Hens.
1: I totally agree with the drive in. I was actually really disappointed by how Lafayette played. I thought on this, like as we said last week, like I thought it was gonna be a closer game, and it wasn't. I don't know if that speaks more to Penn State or Lafayette being not as good, but right. yeah. Regardless of that game, I was going to take Delaware here. I think they take care of business.
0: For our next matchup, we have a really intriguing one just to kind of see trajectory of a season for both of these teams. We've got the number 10, Duke Blue Devils.
1: You want to get that right there?
0: Oh, that was just (laughs) dyslexia coming out right there. Full strength. Visiting our now out-of-the-pole jacksonville dolphins jacksonville is our panic team of this week i'm hitting the button i'm hitting it they looked bad against hopkins and not to put anything past hopkins i think hopkins definitely surprised all three of us i think i'm safe in saying that with how they looked against jacksonville but jacksonville just even all facets of their team like I know they didn't have wall bomb, which is big for their offense, not to have their, basically their focal point, but their defense looked nowhere near as good as I thought it would be. Not the same caliber as it was last year, at least. I mean, their defense was, I think the juice part of that team, that intra would get so many juice goals like saves and their defense will also kick off some good transition, but uh, that team just, they struggled in the clearing game against Hopkins too. I mean, It looked bad. And if they get blown out by Duke this week, which I think there is a very high chance that happens. I especially, especially, especially because this is a revenge game for Duke. Let's not forget that Duke wants to go into into Jacksonville's house and embarrass them for what they did to them last year. And Duke starting out with a win over them in this season, too. I mean, there's not a single part of me that wants to take Jacksonville in this game. So I am, as much as I don't like picking them, Duke all the way in this game.
1: Yeah, Duke continues their old SoCon rivalries. This is going to be their second SoCon, former SoCon matchup of the week. And look, I'm going to keep harboring on history this season. Until last year's remarkable upset, this game for Duke, was literally no different than them playing Bellarmine. It's the exact same game for Duke historically. The score lines were never close. But interestingly enough, boys, the Dolphins are in the literal exact same position they were last year, having lost to Hopkins in a game they felt they should have won. Mm-hmm. Remember, they lost to Hopkins, I think, last year, 11-8, 11-9. They thought they played better, and Hopkins got away. And what did they do? They came out humming, and they shocked, literally, I mean— this was maybe a game of the year candidate, at least definitely in February, this Jacksonville upset. That all being said, and I don't say that to hype up Jacksonville because I was very concerned by their performance against Hopkins. They did not play like they did last year against the Blue Jays. Yeah, you can ask the question, can they turn it on like they did last year? I'm very skeptical right now. And so I'm going with Duke.
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty skeptical of Jacksonville right now as well. Um, We did mention the wall bomb injury, but also Hopkins was missing two of their starters uh, on the field as well. So, you know, I think that kind of levels it out as well. But Jacksonville, man, they, that was just a team loss. Like poor execution from the players, poor. I I thought the coaching wasn't great. Um, Like, Within, like, two minutes into the fourth quarter, like, just reading the body language of all the guys on the field, it just looked like they didn't want to be there. Um, I mean, there were two or three goals where Hopkins ran it into, like, a fast break, and they weren't touched until they got 10 yards within the goal. Mm -hmm. Just, you got to play with fire. You got to play with some more passion. You talked about it all week leading up to this game. Galloway was in the Inside Lacrosse articles on Twitter Um, in the video just hyping up this game but man um, I'm really not convinced uh, with this Jacksonville team until Walbum comes back and they fix the issues on defense Um, I will say I don't I'm not panicking for them just yet I'm worried I'm very worried for this team and Deuce if you think Duke is going to roll over you or is going to roll over and let you guys take this win from them you're dead wrong so if you come in with the attitude like that they did in that game against Hopkins against Duke, they're gonna roll right over you. So I'm gonna take Duke in this one. I hope that, but I hope that Jacksonville can clean up a lot of the stuff that they made mistakes on last week.
1: All right, we are heading back north from that Floridian paradise for this next game, where we have Binghamton staying in New York and going over to the Red Foxes of Marist. I'll be brief here. Marist last lost to Binghamton in 2011, Uh, and since then, with the exception of a close game in 2020, um, every game has kind of been close. But you feel like Marist has always been in control. Look, I'm not putting that much stock in Marist's slaughtering by Scarlet by the Scarlet Knights. Like Rutgers is way better than them, but I think for their conference and for this level of competition, Marist can take care of Binghamton no problem.
0: I. That's exactly my thought process for this. I like Marist at home. I, I'm not going to be worried about them getting blown out by Rutgers. I think the majority of teams would get blown out by Rutgers. So, yeah, I like the Red Foxes at home in this game.
2: Yeah, that was just a tough matchup for them playing Rutgers this weekend. Um, little, I almost took Binghamton in this game. Until I started to get, uh, diving deeper into like the history of this matchup, um, like Glazer said, other than you know the 12-4 win Marist had in 2020, every game has been within three goals. Um, but Marist is six and zero against Binghamton since 2015. So I'm gonna go where you know the current has taken me, and I'm gonna take Marist here.
0: All right, our next game of the week we have Michigan Wolverines visiting our number three Virginia Cavaliers first game of the season for both of them uh, Virginia just played Georgetown in a scrimmage this past weekend and after reading up on that doesn't sound like Virginia is rusty at all. Um, only thing of note to take out of that scrimmage is that apparently LaSala was in a boot on the sideline. Don't know if he's going to be out for any significant amount of time, Uh-oh. if at all. That might have just been a precaution for a scrimmage that they just didn't want him to play. But honestly, either way, I think Virginia's blowing Michigan out in this game. I Yeah, I, I like that at clocking <laughs> UVA has my
1: pick. All I'll say here is that Major props to Michigan for actually scheduling a top mm-hmm. twenty game. None of this eight were eight no BS against the twentieth twentieth worst ranked teams in division one. Like plague real competition. If you lose, you lose, but you learn. Yeah. while Wahoos all day.
2: Yeah, I like UVA in this one too. I think Michigan has been doing a great job in recruiting and developing over the last few years. Um Like we said last year, you know, they played some pretty soft teams. Glad they're, you know, taking the initiative and playing a top-ranked opponent. Um, Michigan's 1-5 against ACC teams since 2014. Uh, The lone win came against Notre Dame in 2018. UVA is 4-3 and versus Big Ten teams since 2018. But granted, about half of those games are between Maryland and Hopkins. So um, I really like UVA in this one. Would love to see Michigan keep this one close, though.
1: All right. Let me set the stage for this absolute thriller of a next game. Okay. We have UMass Lowell going over to play Quinnipiac. And I get what you're saying. What the hell kind of game is this? But hear me out. All right. Last year, this game was electric. Okay. Okay. Quinnipiac was down five to one after the first quarter, and they ended up winning 15 to 14 with Dylan Donnery scoring with 12 seconds left. I remember watching this game and losing my mind. It was Quinnipiac's first win in the very young series. However, this was the first of the Bobcats' wins, like from two years prior. It, just insane. Last year, Quinnipiac and UMass Lowell both only won two games. Right? This isn't like a high-caliber lacrosse game, but it's phenomenally competitive. Last year, Dryband and I took the Bobcats. They won, and Voight, you took the Riverhawks. The year before, when UMass Lowell won 10-9, t- to 9, Voight, you and I took the Riverhawks, and Dryband, you took the Bobcats. Essentially, what I'm saying is that I'm undefeated in this matchup. I know this matchup. I know it tried and true. This game is why mm-hmm. we love lacrosse. <laughs> like Puxatawny Phil making his proclamation for this game, I'm going with the Bobcats lock it in are they're winning this game that's all i have to say
0: i hope and pray to god this game's on some easily accessible plus. stream i think that's is it, what it is. oh thank god yeah. this is the game i'm watching when it comes on this is on one of my screens that i have up this honestly i'm not going to just repeat what glazer just said but this game is electric and It's one of those instances where you have two teams that might have a little bit of a lower skill set that might not, you know, be as competitive against the top 10. But against each other at this level, oh God, fireworks for a season opener for both teams. God, it's going to be close, but I'm also going to stick with Quinnipiac in this one. Like I said, I'll harp on it the whole season, home field advantage, baby. I like the Bobcats.
2: Yeah, man, I, I'm I'm excited for this one too. I really like the Bobcats as well. Um, Glazer harped on it a second ago. Uh, the series is at three to one in favor of UMass Lowell, and every single every all four of those games have been decided by one or two goals. Only one of those games was a two goal uh, win, I think, in UMass's favor. But man, this is gonna be an electric matchup. I'm excited to watch this game. Uh, and like Dryband said, I'm gonna have it on my like my like four screens that I'll have on ESPN plus on my TV this weekend.
0: All right. So for our next matchup, we have St. Bonaventure Bonnies visiting the Bellarmine Knights for Bellarmine's home opener of the season. I've got St. Bonaventure in this game. I think it's a really interesting matchup though. I think it's going to be a great measuring stick for St. Bonaventure to see kind of where they are as a team without Brett Dobson to, you know, be their focal point uh they are returning i think four of their top five point scorers or something around that from last year on offense so by no means do they have to completely reload it's just dobson that they really just lost which i mean is the heart and soul of their team but i think it'll be a really interesting game i do like bellarmine and i wish i could pick them i was thinking about it but
2: not in this one yeah, same here. I thought I was going to flip Bellarmine at the last minute here, but I'm I'm going to stick with the Bonneys uh, just because, like you said, they have some returners on offense. Uh, I think they have a couple of returners on defense as well. So, yeah, other than Dobson, who was a big vocal point for that team last year, I, I still like the Bonnies going into this game. Uh, it's a warm weather game for them too, so should be a pretty good matchup.
1: Yeah, I'm taking the Bonnies as well. I think to you guys' points, Bellerman maybe keeps this a little closer, a three to four goal game. But I, I'd really be shocked if if the Knights win.
2: Yeah, it was a uh, Bonnie's only won 13 to 12 last year, and that was with Dobson. So mm-hmm. wouldn't be surprised that Bellerman uh, keeps this one close. And next up, first time matchup, first time meeting for both of these teams. Uh, number 16 Boston Terriers are going up to Vermont to play the Catamounts. Um, sorry, I lost my notes. Um, Vermont is coming off a dogfight with Cuse, as we've noted. Um, I'm really just looking. I think Vermont can win. Has the ability to win this game. They turn the ball over a lot against mm-hmm. uh, Syracuse. 21 turnovers. That's not great. You know, a lot of teams had 18 turnovers uh, this weekend. But you know, if you're breaking to the 20s. Uh, first week of the season uh you got some issues um and just to go over to boston they have a lot to prove going into the season it's going to be a tough patriot league uh you know if they win this game how by how much is really going to be the question for me because if it's a close game i'm not my confidence kind of goes a little bit lower for boston and you know i think army takes that top spot in the patriot league but it's still early um, Vermont has to clean up their mistakes and capitalize and execute better. Um, but going to be uh, going to be a good measuring stick game for Boston.
0: Yeah, I, I like Boston in this game, too. Uh, Vermont, the only impressive thing for me was Matt Schaefer played lights out their goalie in honestly a battle of the goalies in that Q's game. Um, other than that, their offense looked like it had some question marks to me. So uh, I'm taking the Terriers.
1: Yeah, I would agree. Like, my only counter would say I, I think Boston is so much better than Syracuse that I think they break that Vermont defense, unlike Syracuse – or, like, Syracuse could not. So I honestly think this is probably more of a breeze for the Terriers. Um, yeah, I don't think the Catamounts have it this year.
2: Yeah, the Vermont had a few – opportunities to close the gap at the end of the game. Um, There were a couple instances where Will Mark got out of the goal and they just missed the net wide. Um, And they had an Emo uh, man up uh, at the end of the game too. So, you know, they got to capitalize on those opportunities uh, when they get them. Next game up, we have the Fairfield Stags going over to Lehigh to play the Mountain Hawks. Uh, Another first time meeting between these two teams, Uh, Lehigh is a four and a half point favorite. Um, My only question marks for Lehigh really is, are they disciplined and how will they respond to their mistakes? You know, I felt like at the end of last season, they kind of got in their own heads when, you know, they got, when they were turning the ball over or, you know, a play didn't go their way. I I am going to take them in this one, but I do have some question marks. Um, I'm interested to see just how they respond uh, to those mistakes when they make them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was I was feeling the upset here when I was first looking over these games. I loved Fairfield last year. I thought they scored a lot of goals and kept a lot of games close because of their offense. But then I thought, well, you need the ball to score. And... Lehigh has Mike Klusselberger, and therefore you aren't going to have the ball. So that led me astray from Fairfield. Um, really interesting for Lehigh. How does their offense work, even with the extra possessions? To Voigt's point, how do they handle adversity? This team has something to prove this season, and I think, I think it gets started with the win over Fairfield.
0: Yeah, I was really close to picking Fairfield in this game. I like Fairfield a lot this year. I think they had a great year last year, and I think they're only on the upward trajectory. The only reason I, I'm picking Lehigh, and the main reason that is is because of home field advantage again. Uh, Lehigh lost Tommy Schelling, which was their dominant attack when last year. He transferred to Duke as a grad student this year, and it'll be interesting to see how that team melds, but I'm still picking Lehigh on this one. Robin, I want you to keep a stat of, like, how many home games you pick
1: the home team for and what your record is for that. Oh, it's
0: going to be so many. I'm, I'm keeping track of the, the home win percentage and visiting side win percentage this year too. So don't worry. I'll be updating everybody weekly on how it goes.
2: You better. Cause a lot those, a lot of those records are going to uh, come into play when I start making bets. So <laughs> uh, next up we have, our number two team, my number three team, the Georgetown Hoyas, going over to Johns Hopkins to visit the Blue Jays. Uh, I'm just going to go out right and say it, Georgetown. I think they take this game. I think uh, there's been a lot of overreaction to this Hopkins win. I feel like you know the game got away from Jacksonville more so than Hopkins really, you know, dominated. Uh, not to say that they didn't; they absolutely earned that win, but. I think there's a slight overreaction for how well the Blue Jays are going to do for the rest of the season. It's only week one. You know, we got to pump the brakes a little bit.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. Hopkins, we have them as our surprise team this week. And that is because of how well they did against Jacksonville. I am not convinced that is because Hopkins is that good rather than Jacksonville is just underperforming what we thought. And I am not sold as what I'm trying to say is there's no way that one game would sell me enough to think that Hopkins could beat Georgetown, even if it's at home, Homewood.
2: Uh, Absolutely. The Hoyas Absolutely. are coming in
0: and working them this game. They're humbling Hopkins after, a, albeit a great first win, but they're humbling them. <laughs> uh,
1: after that, Jacksonville-Hopkins games was over, my dad turned to me and was like, hey, who does Hopkins have next next week? And I said, Georgetown. And he said, ain't no way. I'm going with my father on this one. Ain't no way the Hoyas are losing no, this.
2: No shot. Um, I did also want to put this into perspective as well. I meant to mention it when we were covering Jacksonville, but Hopkins went four for eight on clears in the first quarter of the game. Four for eight. Clears that is 50 percent um and jacksonville scored on one of those opportunities after they took the ball away imagine what georgetown is gonna do if the blue jays cannot clear the ball in the first quarter i if if they do not clear the ball well they are gonna have a tough time against these guys
0: all right Moving on to our next game of this weekend. It's a great one. We have the LIU Sharks going to visit the Merrimack Warriors. And oh boy, oh boy. I am so excited for this game. I know I said that I'm going to be having that uh, Quinnipiac UMass Lowell game on, but this might be the game I'm most excited for this week. Two teams that were in D2 that used to battle it out at the D2 level together came up to D1 together. They have split both meetings at the D1 level. Last year, LIU worked Merrimack. And I mean, they worked them. I think it was 16 to 7 or... It or was not close 7. at all. It was, it was not very close. It worked. And this, uh, this year, I... I After that first game this past weekend, Merrimack, when they played against Hofstra, they looked sensational. I mean, they looked way more put together than I expected them to be. And they made that Hofstra team not look like they had any energy until the last five minutes of the game when they scored three goals to try to make a comeback. But they couldn't get anything. And also, I had a stupid brain just short circuit earlier. Will Mark is Syracuse's goalie this year. That was LIU's goalie last yes. year. Will Helm yes. is Duke's goalie. He did transfer from St. Lawrence, which is a D3's team. I'm getting the freaking Wills confused. Too many of them. Um, but that is my next point, is that LIU lost a shit ton of its core from last year. All NEC goalie, Will Mark, that I just said. All NEC defenseman, Chris Campbell, transferred to UMass. Their two top point scorers, Richie Lacalandra, transferred to OSU. He's a grad student, transferred to OSU. And Blake Bellin transferred to Stony Brook. So their team, (laughs) I know we call a lot of teams the transfer portal winners. LIU was a transfer portal loser this offseason. I I think there's a lot of question marks for LIU to fill. And as good as Merrimack looked, I think they're going to continue against Holy Cross this week, just build up more momentum. And I think Merrimack's going to take down LIU at home this weekend.
2: I'm a big fan of the Warriors, man. They're going three and zero. Let's go.
1: I will. I will be the lone dissenter here, right? I totally agree. This game exudes awesomeness. I mean, the D three or sorry, D two bowl on Super Bowl weekend. This this is where it's at. But I was very convinced by last year's throttling of Merrimack. And, yeah, you're absolutely right. LIU is a new team. But LIU almost spoiled St. Joe's NEC run in the tournament last year. Let's not forget. Yeah. So I'm going to go with the Sharks. I'm a little nervous after seeing Merrimack, but I'm going to go with LIU because, quite honestly, I think Merrimack might be a little a little tired having played just on Tuesday or sorry, Wednesday, my bad. Um, and I think LAU comes in fresh. So I'm going to go with the Sharks, but I think it is a totally total pick em. So enjoy watching this one.
2: All very fair points, Blazer. And all right, so moving on, we have our number one team, the number one team in the country. The Maryland Terrapins going over to Loyola. I'm going to try, if I can this weekend, to attempt to go to this game. All right. Um, I really like the Terps in this one. They made a statement win against Richmond. Um, Defense doesn't look like they they missed a step. Uh, Brett Maycar, as I said earlier, four calls turnovers, five GBs. Zapatello three calls turnovers, two GBs. One goal through three quarters of play. They kept Richmond scoreless for over 40 minutes. I really like the Terps in this one. I would just really like to see Maryland's offense make the statement early on in the game rather than having Logan McNaney make another beautiful outlet pass to uh, Gebbert. Yes, Gebbert, that's his name, um, for a goal. I just want to see the offense thrive and uh, see what these guys are made of. And, uh, oh, wait. I have one more note here. Don't do it, Blazer. Whoa, 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 whoa. Don't do it. Don't do it. it.
1: it. So last year, for context (laughs) in this game, I took the Greyhounds. I thought, you know, it's early. Anything can happen. What did Maryland do? They wiped them on the bathroom floor and proceeded to go (laughs) 18-0. Okay. If you asked me about this game Saturday morning, I would have said, take the Greyhounds, might take them again. And then I watched Maryland-Richmond, and I said, no, 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 no. As much as I love Loyola, I I don't know how they score on this team. I don't. I think Maryland I think is still in another class. Day. I think, look, it's going to be a phenomenal atmosphere. Avoid if you go at Ridley, people are going to come out to watch this game and support the Greyhounds. I don't think they have it. I will say, though, if Loyola wins and I didn't pick them, I'm going to lose my freaking mind. But,
0: yeah, I'm going with the Terps. <laughs> I have very little to say on this, minus there is one single team that all three of us agree on when we made our polls this week, and that is Maryland is unanimous number one team in the nation. They trounced Richmond, and I do not think they're slowing down. I like the Terrapins in this game.
1: All right. Next up, we have a battle of New York City with Manhattan going the short drive over to St. John's. This is kind of an interesting game. So St. John's beat Manhattan nine to seven last year. But then we all remember that the Jaspers had a ridiculously unreal finish to finish the year. They beat in the MAC tournament. They beat number two Marist 13-12. And then they beat number one, St. Bonaventure, eight to seven for the Mac crown. I think they were the three or four seed. Like, it was a great tournament run. Of course, then they just couldn't get it done in the NCAA tournament. But I was really impressed by the Jaspers at the end of the year. And look, the Johnnies are rebuilding. They're struggling still. And yeah, like St. John's, I think one of their two wins last year was beating Manhattan. I think Manhattan comes in for revenge. These two teams are very similar. They both have new coaches. Could be an intriguing game, but I'm going with the Jaspers.
2: What conference is Manhattan in? Are they in the? They're in the MAC. They're in the MAC. That's what I thought, and they're favorites, I believe.
1: I believe they. Sh- I think they should
2: be. Yeah. So yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't got much to to add on. Uh, I would just really like to see Manhattan start off strong early. Um, and it seems like they have a good opportunity against a uh, rebuilding St. John's team. They really did impress me a lot last year. Their goalie was their goalie played out of his mind. Um, and I'm going to take the Jaspers this weekend.
0: Yeah, I really don't have too much to say. Manhattan had a great year last year. I think they're going to kick it off and get a nice little 1-0 start to the season this year and keep it rolling. Don't let that momentum die. Yeah. All right. Now we have next up the Highlanders of the
1: New Jersey Institute of Technology going to play Siena. Now, look, Sienna is another Mac team that probably doesn't get a lot of respect. I think the Saints are pretty good, actually, and I think they have no problem taking care of NJIT.
0: I'm going with them. Yeah, I, I Siena, another team that had a good season last year, I think, and. NJIT also just has not had a good season, in my opinion, since they <laughs> moved up to D1. So, uh, yeah, I like the Saints at home. They're getting the win. Yeah,
2: yeah um, I, I like the Saints in this one too. Um, they're leading the series in this matchup two to nothing. Uh, first game was pretty close at twenty to eighteen um, in back in twenty nineteen. I know those numbers were probably hard to hear. For everybody, but it was 2018 to win, 22 18 win in favor of the Saints in 2019. And then the Saints won 12 to 5 in 2020. Um, I don't think this year is any different. I like them to cover three and a half um, and make the series three to nothing.
1: Next up, we have the Battle of Rhode Island with Providence. I don't know if they can even walk to Bryant. Maybe they can. But Providence is playing Bryant at Bryant. Taking a page out of
2: Coach Hall's book. Exactly. Oh, God.
1: So (laughs) I really wish I was more impressed by Providence's performance against Holy Cross. I was kind of excited by that game. I thought Providence would maybe light it up a little bit. But it was by no means a convincing win. Bryant has won six of the last ten versus Providence but this, this series has been split 3 3 in the last six. Last year, Bryant lit Providence up a lot like LIU lit Merrimack up. So last year, Voight and I both took the Bulldogs, and Dryband had the misery of taking the Friars. And I'll be honest with you, before I watched Providence play Holy Cross, I was leaning their way. But after watching that game, I'm going to stick with Bryant. I don't care who their coach is with Pressler gone. I think they still. They're still a little bit better than than uh, Bryant on paper. I'm sorry, Providence on paper. So I'm going with Bryant.
2: Yeah, I'm sticking with the Bulldogs in this one. Um, you know, they've won the last two meetings, uh, but I do think it'll it, it'll be a tough game. You know, Providence had that big loss last year to Bryant. They're gonna have a bad taste in their mouth going into this game, and I think they walked away from that Holy Cross game thinking to themselves, you know, what, we should have won by a lot more in that one. We shouldn't have let them come back like the way they did. So I wouldn't be as surprised to see Providence come out with some fire against these Bulldogs this week. Um, but I think Brian is the more, one of the more athletic teams and has been historically a really good conditioned team, uh, especially at the beginning of the season. So I'm going to stick with the Bulldogs.
0: Yeah. I, unanimous. We're all three going with Brian in this game. Providence, uh, I'll repeat it. They underwhelmed me as well in that game against Holy Cross. Uh, Bryant, on the other hand, I'll, I'll focus more on them since this is their first game of the season. I, I think this is a this will be a fun team this year. Uh, like we touched on in the conference preview, a new team in the America East now that the NEC's disbanded. They only finished second in the regular season of the NEC last year just the St. Joe's and we all know how good they were last year. So no slight of the cap there. Uh, this just a good Bryant team. They return most of their key pieces on offense. Uh, I like them in this home
2: opener. All right. Next up, we have the Stony Brook Seawolves. Taking the short drive over to the Rutgers facility, playing the Scarlet Knights who we have at number nine in our polls. Um, I will say, boys, I did not realize that the series was as close as it was until I looked on Inside Lacrosse earlier today and yesterday. Stony Brook leads the series 3-2 to two since 2014. Um, 2022 and 2020 were both decided by one goal. Rutgers had a convincing win in 2017. Uh, Stony Brook beat the brakes off of them in those first three years, uh, winning by, it looks like, an average of five to six goals having a nine goal win in 2016. Um, So it looks like historically Stony Brook plays these guys pretty tough. Um, I'm going to take Rutgers in this one just because they're the number nine overall team. They deserve that respect. But I think Stony Brook covers at six and a half. And I wouldn't be surprised if they over hit in this game.
0: Stony Brook puts up a freaking fight against (laughs) Rutgers year in, year out, man. Yeah, they're, Stony book is a scrappy team. I love that team. And that's why I picked them as a dark horse to win the CAA this year that they're now a part of. I, I, they always are in games. And I think this game is going to be no different. I know I say that, but I am still sticking with the Rutgers Scarlet Knights. I, I'm really high on Rutgers this year. But the Stony Brook team, they can't overlook them. I think this will be a really, really good game. And, yes, Boyd, I agree with you. I think the over will hit on this game. I think there's going to be a lot of goals scored.
1: That hockey horn noise, whatever they got at that stadium in Rutgers, is going to be popping off on Saturday. A lot of goals in this game. I agree with you both. I think it's closer than maybe the broader lacrosse community thinks. But, yeah. I think Rutgers is just a different team than when this season when this series started. So I'm going with the with the Scarlet Knights. All
0: right. Our next game we have the Navy midshipmen traveling for their first away game of the season, visiting the Hofstra Pride. Oh boy. I I've got Navy in this game. Hofstra just disappointed on so many levels against Merrimack, and it's like a broken record at this point. I feel like the past three seasons Hofstra's disappointed me and I just I cannot take them against a Navy team that now let me just say Navy's offense also disappointed me and only in the first half against Mount St. Mary's it looked like they came out really sluggish they didn't really know what they were doing set offense set plays were not clicking for them by any means and Luckily, they found some kind of groove. And since the second half of the uh, Mount game, they've been averaging 10 goals a half. So, or no, I guess like 9.8 goals a half, rounded to 10, about 10 goals per half, which is pretty good. So uh, granted, it's because Mount St. Mary's in Queens, but still, I like the midshipmen in this one a lot. Hofstra is just not giving me any hope.
2: Yeah. um, I walked away from the weekend thinking about both these teams. Like, God, these guys do not impress me at all yet. Like, I'm sure Navy will probably, like, surprise me later in the season. But, man, Hofstra looked so bad. Like, they were just out, out-athleted out the entire game against Merrimack. Um, they did make that run in the second half uh, yeah, to kind of close the gap, but still, like...
0: They literally they felt, did not show up until the last five minutes of the fourth quarter.
2: Yeah. Like, uh, that's just something you can't do. Um, um, I'm not convinced at Hofstra. Um, Navy's kind of the same way. They started slow in that Mount game. They also didn't score in that Queens game until there was about five-ish minutes left in the first quarter. Um, And it was two to nothing at the end of the first quarter. And I walked away from that first quarter being like, oh my God, is Queens going to freaking keep this close? (laughs) Um, And then of course, you know, Navy made the run, made the adjustments that they needed to and uh, won the game convincingly. But yeah, I'm gonna take navy in this one, but I'm just gonna note I'm not too words escaping my brain. I'll I'll pick um, up for you,
1: Voigt, because I feel yeah. <laughs> the exact I feel the exact same way. Both yeah. Hofstra and Navy were not impressive whatsoever for me. I think Navy is somewhat better less impressive than Hofstra is, and that's why I'm taking them, but I, I I'm gonna watch this game because I watch every game, but I, I, I'm I'm gonna prioritize other ones over this. I think Navy wins, but it's probably a bad game. Yeah.
2: All righty, next up, we got Marquette Golden Eagles visiting the Utah Utes in their first home game of the season. Utah lost a big game to Denver, twelve to four this weekend. Marquette obviously had Lindenwood on Saturday, made a convincing win at seventeen to two. I'm taking the Utes in this game, um, just because you know I think uh, after walking away from that Denver game, watching the highlights, because you know we couldn't watch it because Denver is gonna Denver University is gonna make me pay like ten bucks a year, ten bucks a month. Um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, I just think, I just think Denver came into that game with a big chip on their shoulder. Like, oh, these guys have the freaking Utah Utes, uh, taking us down and Bill Tierney's last year. Um, and they're going to, and they think they're going to come and walk into our house and take us down, uh, that easy. So, you know, big statement win by Denver. I think Utah is a much better team than what they played, uh, on Saturday. I'm taking the Utes. Uh, Marquette's a very good team as well. They're on the up and up, but I think I like the home team in this one.
1: Yeah, so last year the Utes traveled to Wisconsin for this matchup and they beat Marquette 12-11. We all took Utah in that game. Marquette had a down year last year. There's no question about it. And Utah, on the flip side, had a very impressive year. They beat Jacksonville when they were ranked. They went 10-4 and overall. And they lost what probably what we can call a heartbreaking collapse to Bobby Moe and the a Championship. So I went back and I watched the full recording of the Lindenwood-Marquette game. And I'm honestly really excited by what I saw from Marquette. And on the flip side, very discouraged by Utah and that Denver game. So I'm I'm going with Golden Eagles. And I think they get the revenge on the road.
0: Yeah, I break the tie since it's 1-1 I am also picking Marquette I am breaking my golden rule once again especially in this game this is a this will be a good game
2: but the home you, team drive in but oh the I home know team. I know
0: I know but the home <laughs> team oh I know I, I Bobby O'Grady for Marquette is a freaking stud at that attack position and I don't think he's going to be held under like two goals in any game this year. I mean, he dropped six goals in their first game against Lindenwood. Now, I mean, mind you, it's Lindenwood, but still like, it's impressive when you do a six goal game against anybody. So uh, I like Marquette a lot. They also dominated the faceoff X. So that was a full complete team win Marquette had over Lindenwood. And I'm hoping they can continue against
2: Utah. Alrighty. Moving on, we have our boys, the Bobby Moe Colonials going over to Pennsylvania to visit the Bucknell bison. Um Bucknell came out hot against Mercer and with a vengeance. I really liked their aggressive nature. Uh especially after the first face off. You know, it looked like Ashton Wood won it pretty convincingly, but the wing guys they stepped up and made his day a lot harder than it needed to be. Um With that said, I think Bobby Moe, with the guys that they have coming back, is more evenly matched with Bucknell than Mercer is. Um, Bobby Moe plays teams like this tough every year. I have no doubt they'll come out with some fire in their belly for this one. Um, You know, this was another last-minute game where, you know, I I flipped from Bobby Moe over to Bucknell just because I really like Bucknell's defense. Uh, All those guys are 6'4 or or taller. Uh, They got a a tall goalie in net, tall defense. I just really love the aggressive nature that they started off with against Mercer. And I think they carry that over into this game.
0: Oh boy. Oh boy. If Bucknell did not have that outing against Mercer, I don't think I'd be picking them. I I, I really do not think I'd be picking them right now. Obviously I'm taking Bucknell now that I just said that (laughs) they looked great (laughs) against Mercer. I mean, they looked phenomenal. I, I, I really liked what I saw for the first time of watching Bucknell in a long time, I feel like. And I'm going back, home field advantage. And they also have a full week after having their first game of the season to prepare for Robert Morris. I, I like Bucknell a lot in this game.
1: So last year, Bobby Moe lost to Bucknell 14-12. to And the year prior, they won 8-7. to in both years, boys, all three of us took Bobby Moe. That's six straight picks for Bobby Moe in this matchup. It was an unremarkable year for the Colonials as well as Bucknell until Robert Morris eventually won that A-Sun, but they didn't have a great regular season. But I'm going to agree with you both. The Bison have convinced me with their throttling of Mercer. We're switching it up, flipping the script. All three of us are going with Bucknell in this one.
2: You know, it pains me to pick against Bobby Moe, but I just, yeah, like the game that Bucknell had, man. I, Dude, I, sick. I have my doubts now.
0: They had um, three guys score four goals or more.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like, and I'm pretty sure two of them had first half hat tricks. On top. Yeah, of that.
2: Connor, Connor Davis was slinging that rock across the field, man. He, he was on fire, especially for early long in the had game. Ten points.
0: Their attacking that's for a long Ooh. ten points four goals six assists have a day son
2: <laughs> yeah go at it go at it alrighty next up number seventeen Denver taking a short trip visiting the Air Force Falcons um I'm just gonna go out right and say it I have Denver in this one uh, I'll echo what I said about Air Force earlier I thought they came to play against Ohio State. Kept it close until the end. Uh, It seemed like they started to close the gap a little bit, but then, you know, it was kind of like, you know, taking one step forward, two steps back with Ohio State. Ohio State just kept punching them in the mouth. Um, But I admire that they got back up and kept fighting. Uh, Denver looks unstoppable. I think they're playing with a big chip on their shoulder this year. Um, I like the Pios, but I think Air Force keeps it interesting in the early parts of the game.
1: I'm going to disagree with you, not with the pick, but with the scoreline. I think Denver lights up the Air Force Academy and continues to make a statement in February.
0: Yeah, I, I agree with Glazer, too. I I think, personally, after seeing that first scoreline against Utah, I think Tierney's last season has a lot more impact on that team than we thought going into the year. Uh, I think they're going to continue. I think they're going to show that they are, the team to beat out west by dismantling air force like they did utah i've got the pioneers in this game
2: also just to make a note denver is undefeated in this matchup they win they beat air force by an average of 6.3 goals a game uh the line that DraftKings went with is at four and a half if i'm a betting man i am taking that minus four and a half for denver all day Um, But I think they keep it close in the early parts of the game. I just wanted to state that. I do think that Denver is away (laughs) in the second half, just to be clear. Clarification, yeah. Just to be clear.
0: (laughs) Save some face for it.
2: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: All right, we're down to our final four games in this loaded week one. Next up, we have Towson going to Emmitsburg to play the Mount for the 13th straight year that this game has occurred. And in those 13 years, the Tigers have only lost once, an 11-10 game in 2020. Towson has been so up and down as of late, I really don't know what to think about this team, and yet they still made the CAA championship and kind of gave Delaware a good game. I was impressed with the mountain against Navy, and I think they'll be better this year, but I do not see it here. I'm going to go with the Tigers.
2: Yeah, I'm sticking with the Tigers here on this one. Um, Towson's owned this matchup for a long time, and it's hard to pick against them. Uh, I thought Mount played okay against Navy. Um, they they kept the game pretty close, but I also think Navy has a plethora of issues that they need to figure out. Um, I think Towson has a much better team this year than they have been in recent years, just on paper. Um, I mean, we got our guy Reagan McInmamar leading the defense this year. Um, I really like the guys that they have on offense too, with the Mayo, uh, down there at attack. Um, I think Towson takes this one, but I think Mount keeps it, uh, somewhat interesting.
0: Yeah. We're doing a full sweep for the Tigers in this game. I've got them also. Mount did look okay in that Navy game. I think it was more so Navy just being a little sluggish and letting them stay in the game rather than Mount keeping themselves in the game. So I think Towson will win. It may be a close game, this one, though, too. All right. For our last game on Saturday, this upcoming weekend, we have the Sacred Heart Pioneers traveling to Hawk Hill to take on my boys, number 14, St. Joseph's. Hawk who? I have no, like, nothing to say about this team. It's St. Joseph's. I will also say
1: nothing and go with St. Joseph's
2: statement a few seconds ago.
1: (laughs) Moving on to Sunday, two games on the finale of week one, the first of which has become pretty interesting. And that is what has become the annual game versus with Penn State and Villanova. The Nittany Lions, they wish they could forget last season, but that one goal loss to Villanova last year was a bright spot in addition to that win versus Yale. Last year in this matchup, our boy Voigt believed in the Nittany Lions as Drybin and I, I both to. took Nova.
2: I wanted to, to say so that.
1: Yeah, the, the Wildcats well, last year did what they were supposed to. Um, they lost the three Ivy Leagues, they lost to Denver, and they lost to Georgetown, but they beat literally everyone else. Penn State was impressive against Lafayette. I give them credit, but the edge still goes to Villanova here. I'm going with our ranked team.
0: Yeah, I to show how good we think this game's going to be, Penn State is our dark horse for this weekend. I, I think I can say it for everybody. This game will be close. I, I don't think Villanova's going to get a blowout win by any means. Last year was 12-13, like Glazer touched on, close games. and. I like Villanova a lot. They do have some question marks. Their offense lost a couple pieces. Matt Campbell's coming back, though, so he's just going to put the whole load on his shoulders, I think. And Penn State did look great against Lafayette. That's why we have them as a dark horse. I still like Villanova, though. I really hope it doesn't bite me in the ass, because I was thinking about picking Penn State in this game. But I'm sticking with the Wildcats. Home team, baby. Home team.
2: Yeah, I, I this was a last-minute flip for me as well. I had Penn State for a while, um, but I ultimately went with Villanova. We have them as our dark. We have Penn State as our dark horse, but according to DraftKings, they're the favorites in this game. Wow, um, really? Yeah, they, yeah, it's it's minus one and a half. Granted, it is Monday, and the game isn't going to be played until late Saturday afternoon.
1: So, so there's a Sunday. chance
2: that. Crazy. It's on Sunday, sorry, Sunday. So, yeah, there's a lot of time for this line to change. Um, there's a lot better odds on DraftKings if you take the Penn State spread. It's plus 120. The over is 25.5. I'm going to take the over on this one. I think there's a lot of scoring in this game. Nova leads the series 5-3 since 2014. So slight edge to Villanova at home but I think this is a high-scoring game. Um, I think Penn State believes that they're much better than they were last season. I think they come out into this game ready to to bring it to the Wildcats.
0: All right. Our last matchup of this weekend, we have the Holy Cross Crusaders visiting the Syracuse Orange in the Dome. I don't have too much to say. Like I said... Syracuse's defense really impressed me. Will Mark looked really good. I got the right Will this time. He looked really good in the cage. Uh, I think Syracuse is flipping the script this year. I think they're clicking a little bit more, and I think they're going to start the season 3-0. Oh,
2: that's going to be it. Now you got me thinking that Syracuse is going to go 3-0. and Dang. Um, oh, it sucks. Yeah. It, it
0: hurts. It hurts your ears to hear that. It's just. It's it hurts terrible. my brain to
2: think about it. I don't um, want Syracuse
0: to be back ever, but at least right now they are.
2: <laughs> yeah. I mean, they do have a slight they they do have a slight edge now that Gary Gate isn't wearing suits on the on the sidelines, so um, <laughs> But, yeah, no, like Syracuse, I think it was pretty obvious just to echo what I said earlier. They have a lot of issues to figure out um, after that Vermont game, but they got a long they got a long week ahead of them. Uh, where they can fix those issues. And this will be a good tune-up game to, you know, show what they're really about. Um, I got the orange in this one.
1: After a full house of games, get some popcorn, get a pillow, throw up your feet on the coffee table, sit back and relax. Syracuse has got this, no problem.
0: Well, that wraps it up for week One this year. There's a lot of good games this weekend. A lot of them that I'm excited for. Maryland, we also have them. I think we forgot to mention it. That's our fun team. Maryland right now is our fun team that we have. They were really electric to watch against Richmond. I I only got to watch the highlights, but. Oh, good Lord. They were dominant in that game. They're just a upbeat team. So, uh, there's a lot of good games to pick from. might not be a clo- If you don't really want a close game, maybe don't watch the Maryland Little One.
1: Hey hey, 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 hey.
0: But you know <laughs> hold on. Have it be like your laptop off to the side when you're watching the more important game on the big screen.
2: <laughs> yeah, man, all, man, I have
1: um, to, all I have to add to end is, look, like there's gonna be there's a lot of big games on playing this weekend. Don't forget about the little guys. Watch that UMass Lowell Quinnipiac game. Mm-hmm. Watch that LIU Merrimack game. There are really good contests this weekend. Find the streams, throw them on the big screen, and have a good time watching.
0: Bucknell, Bobby Mill. It's going to be another one, too.
2: Uh, yeah, I'm going to have Bobby Mo on my screen, um, depending on if I go to this Maryland Loyola game. But uh, just wanted to highlight some other odds that I found interesting. St. John or St. Josephs rather, uh, mentioned they're playing Sacred Heart, their former conference opponents. Uh, St. Jo- St. Josephs lead the series six to two, by an average of six point six goals for uh, those games. Sacred Heart's last one was in twenty nineteen. The line is at nine and a half uh, for the spread. So, if you're looking at that game, wanting to put some money, I definitely take Sacred Heart to cover that because they do play St. Josephs tough, even though they may lose by five to six goals um but yeah no enjoy the weekend i'm excited um i'm really excited to start getting into the this betting world for lacrosse i think it's great for the sport uh and yeah enjoy the re- enjoy the weekend boys
0: gotta get those gamblers addicted to watching the sport too get some more views every single weekend
2: yeah right let's it's, it's all about the exposure man it's the, exposure. <laughs>
0: <laughs> the bookies like lacrosse and everybody likes lacrosse
2: exactly.
0: All right. So that wraps it up for this week. Thank you all for joining us. We'll see you guys next week. And may the picks be ever in your favor.